Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the show. Not too far away from handing over to the boys at Perth Stadium for the first test, Australia versus Pakistan, SEN Test Cricket. North Melbourne have announced their leadership group in the last few minutes for season 2024. So remaining co-captains, Jai Simpkin and Luke McDonald. Nick Larkey will be vice-captain, along with uh, Aidan Kaur, Bailey Scott and Harry Sheasel into the leadership group. What a year. Rising star, best and fairest leadership group. So it's been a big week in terms of contracts, a huge deal for Connor Rosie at Port Adelaide through to 2032. And the other big one this week announced yesterday was Sean Darcy, a docker for life, it appears, through to 2030s manager. Scott Lucas from Phoenix Sports Management joins us this morning. Hello, Scotty. Morning, Jules. Do you ever take a break, you player managers? Get through the trade period, draft, and just before Christmas, you're still doing deals. Yeah, well, look, um, in addition to that, you know, AFLW trade period still exactly. on and drafts early next week. So, yeah, it's it, uh, there's another layer to it now. It's quite busy. And then I think part of that with the AFLW in particular, Jules, is just to clear out January a bit and provide some certainty uh, to the AFLW players around recontracting, etc. So, yeah, it's extended the season out a bit, but that's okay get it done, and then uh, a break in January. Just on the AFLW uh, trade period, we're going to talk about this on on the show tomorrow. There's a lot of movement in the off-season of AFLW. Is this just something we're going to see in the the early years of the competition and it will slow down a little bit, or is this what we can expect to see in the AFLW for quite some time? Uh, Look, I think it'll slow down eventually. You're quite right. What you've got is, you know, teams have been added to the competition at regular interview intervals. So now we're just seeing a little bit of turnover as clubs start to assess their lists. Uh, we see improvement in players, uh, real growth as year on year they're playing more games, etc. cetera. Um, and you've got the added layer, I think, also, Jules, is sometimes um, work can play yeah. a part that doesn't apply to the men's game because the girls, um, and it's great to see that the pay has continued to improve, but employment is still a, a significant part of their life outside the game. So job opportunities, et cetera, are also a factor when considering what they do with their footy. So trade period ends uh, later on today and in the draft next week, as you mentioned. Have you still got some girls that things need to be done or are you all done for this trade period? Pretty much done at this stage. Uh, we didn't have... Uh, a whole heap going on. We had Eliza West go from Melbourne uh, to Hawthorne, which uh, was a great opportunity for her. And then also now that um, you can sign players, there was a little bit of a signing period as well. So just finalising some girls to stay at their club uh, was also pleasing for them. 
On to Sean Darcy. It's a, a great deal and well done for, for getting it done through to 2030. There's a lot of people out there that are not big believers in the Luke Jackson, Sean Darcy combination, but clearly Sean is. Why is he so confident that Fremantle's the right place for him and he and Luke can work effectively as a combination? A lot of people, Jules, or just a couple that are very vocal? Oh, no, I think there's a few. <laughs> Somewhere in between, I reckon, Scotty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a couple of uh, very prominent ones. There is. Um, yeah, I think um, you've seen, I think Luke has an ability to go forward uh, and play that role really well um, to keep pressure on the game. Having two quality Ruckman uh, in a team allows you to keep pressure around the midfield for the full 120 minutes. I think now you're seeing clubs just try to figure out how that works. I have a little bit of a view at some stage, and if it's not already, just trying to catch up with the rules. Um, Four and a sub becomes five. Mm. I reckon when it's five, most clubs will look to play two rucks. I I reckon that's the additional spot on the bench. Um, So, yeah, I think it can work. Fremantle had, had sat down and spoken. I think Luke and Sean have also spoken about how they work together and so forth, which is clear like any team does. So once all parties felt comfortable with that, then it was just a matter of getting on with it. He's, his message has been consistent that he, he wanted to stay at Fremantle and yeah. uh, you know he's put pen to paper. You would have fielded offers. Did, it, did, he, ever, did he ever contemplate leaving Fremantle? Uh, look, certainly clubs... Um, inquired, Sean was in no rush because he had, of course, he's contracted yep. currently till the end of next year. So um, it was more Fremantle just saying, hey, listen, we'd like to extend him out if that's something you're interested in. So then that puts it on the player's agenda to have a think about it. Um, and no, look, not really, Jules. He was always really committed to Freo. It was more around, and there's been a little bit of talk around it for quite a while, but he was in no rush to commit to the process because he had that extra time uh, in contract currently. So it's just a matter of getting through the, he got through the season, obviously got injured with a little bit to go. And that prompted a discussion that, yeah, look, um, I'm not in any rush, but yeah, feeling pretty good about the club and, and what we can do in the future. So then once you get through that and the off season, et cetera, gets back from trips, et cetera, and training, yeah, we pushed on and were able to get it done reasonably quickly. There's so much talk, Scott, and we're talking to Scott Lucas, Phoenix Sports Management, the management of Sean Darcy, recommitted to Fremantle to the end of 2030 about long-term contracts. And it's become a big thing in AFL footy. Do you think some clubs got caught out when Gold Coast and GWS came in? They had big guns out of contract at that time. And Tasmania is going to come in, all things being equal. Do you think that's playing a part to clubs just locking players down for a long, long time? Uh, I think it gives oh, perhaps a, a initially a little bit of the Giants and Gold Coast, but then that's a long time removed now. Um, Tasmania is coming in, yes. That may be a consideration for some clubs. Um, but I think it gives certainty to a club. Like It is a process, and when you have... So the, the longer the term, the contract and the terms, et cetera, around it, it provides a level of certainty. If you had someone like um, one of the top five players in the comp coming out, signing one-year deals, mm. 
if a player signs an eight-year deal as opposed to eight one-year deals and he's the best player in the comp, he's going to continually cost that club more, I would say. Now, I know there's a risk associated with injury, et cetera, but if you're a top five player, you'll demand that every single time and it'll keep costing the club more and more. So I think it works for both. There is a certainly an element of risk for the club in that sense around performance and injury, et cetera. But perhaps the player's taking a little bit less in order to get that long-term security. And we have seen too, Jules, where if it is that a player has a long-term contract and it's not working, very few players want to sit on three or four years of that and just sit in the VFL mm. or not play. They're keen. They're really motivated to be the best that they can be. So it can work. We saw it with Brody and Collingwood. Now, it, it didn't work, or both parties or one party more so than the other thought this is not going to work. And Brody was able to get out and we move on. And it doesn't, I don't necessarily think it's a noose around the neck of a club with a long-term deal. And it's not changing any time soon, is it, Scott? We go back to sort of late 90s, early 2000s. A few clubs got burnt with long-term contracts, and they seemed to go out of fashion for quite some time. But this like this trend of very long contracts for gun players seems like it's going to be here to stay. Yeah, and look, with the free agency now, there is a movement. If you can get them past that period, you lock them away for life. Whereas perhaps before free agency came, Jules, you still had that ability in your corner where if you only gave them a couple, it still had to be a trade next time around in your favour. Now with the opportunity to walk and go as a free agency for a compensation model determined by the AFL, you don't really get, you know, what your, what the fair true value is for that player, do you? No. So therefore the club is happy to take somewhat of a risk in order to maintain that player on their books for a longer period of time. Hey, just another one. Uh, we had Lockie Sullivan in the studio before, who's currently training with Collingwood, trying to get an SSP spot. I think one of your boys, you're still Jack Bytel's manager? Yeah, Jack Bytel. Yeah, how's he's he going? Down there. Yeah, going well. Going well. Uh, I think all those boys, from, from what I can understand, at Collingwood have acquitted themselves well, but they do have these spots available uh, in addition to the unfortunate injury to Daniel McStay. So... There are some opportunities down there if those boys can put together a strong pre-season and yeah, prove that they can help that list. And how complex were the negotiations to get uh, Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody to play for Imperials up in Mildura? <laughs> yeah, look, um, with all of those uh, players, they transition out of the game. Jules, it's mm, a fair bit more than just you know what it looks like. Even guys that go after and play VFL, it's generally you're seeing what from a job opportunity in a career post-football, what that can look like. Yeah, so that be, that really weighs into it, and that was something that appealed to uh, to Waller. Yeah, great to see him play, playing some country footy next year. He'll bring them through the gates, no doubt about that. Scotty, thanks for your time. Well done with the Sean Darcy deal, and uh, have a great Christmas, good New Year, and hope you get a chance to put your feet up at some stage. You too, Jules. Always good to chat. Great to chat to Scott Lucas, Phoenix Sports Manager. Just a reminder, the Melbourne Mavericks are here. We're going to speak to their coach, Tracy Neville, on the show next week as well. So netball's just settled down. The CBA, the lists are getting constructed. Make sure you get a Mavs membership today. Head to melbournemavericks.com.